Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you here today, and God bless you. Man, I just love seeing, I love being in church. I've been going to church all of my life, and I'm still looking forward to next Sunday. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, just God always has something good for us. Amen. I've been eating all my life, too, and I'm still looking forward to my next meal. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, hey, stand up with me right now, if you would, for just a moment. I want to talk to you this morning about complete healing. And by complete healing, I'm talking about spirit, soul, and body. And there's a scripture that we're going to be looking at in 1 Thessalonians, and you can see it right there in the middle. And it says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. And read it with me. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So God's goal for us or God's will for us is that our spirit, soul, and body would be kept sound and blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many believe that we need that today, amen? So um, what we're going to be talking about this morning is something that every one of you has. You have a spirit, soul, and body, but we're going to learn a little bit more about it. And uh, we're also going to pray this morning as God's going to touch you in a special way as well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord God, for your word that is already anointed. God, I just pray right now for a special anointing to share it. God, I just pray that your word, your truth, will find its way into our hearts and let us be changed and transformed from the inside out. And we just prayed in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles high in the sky and say, This is my Bible, the living and powerful, proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy word on which I stand. And having done all, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Whatever the word of God says I am, whatever the word of God says I have, whatever the word of God says I can do, Say with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. You may be seated. You sound like a bunch of believers. Amen. Um, there are notes this morning for the message that we have. You can get those right here on campus by just lifting your hand, or you can get them online by um, following the, the prompts online. But uh, if you take notes, it'll give you a good framework for the message, and you'll be able to retain about, about 85% of what you heard. Without notes, you'll retain a lot less than that, probably 15% of what you heard. So uh, I want to just uh, encourage you to use those notes today as well. So today, we're going to talk about complete healing, spirit, soul, and body, because we all need all of these kinds of healings in our life. So, and at the end of the service today, we're going to have faith in God. We're going to take time to pray in healing, for healing in each one of these areas, wherever your need is the greatest. So I want to just ask you to get ready to pray at the end. Wherever your need might be the greatest, we're going to pray that God's power is going to touch you today. So let's look at the scripture again today. It says this, may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Holy, in other words, being sanctified is being set apart by God. Say with me this morning, set apart. Aren't you glad that God has set you apart and you're holy unto him? And it says, may the God of peace himself. Who's going to do the healing? Who's going to do it? God's going to be the one that does it. 
He's going to sanctify you wholly, and then may your spirit, your soul, and your body be made sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Now, when I was studying Scripture for this particular passage, um, the Revised Standard Version, I, many times I'll look at about eight different versions just trying to unpack a verse and trying to see you know, all of the facets that they have and all of the different interpretations of the Hebrew and the Greek. But um, the Revised Standard Version uses the word be made sound. Say it with me this morning, sound. So when you're sound in spirit, that's a good thing. When you're sound in soul, your mind, will, and emotions, that's a good thing. When you're sound in your body, that's a good thing. If something or someone is not sound, it's not right yet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's unsound. That person, how many of you said that person, they're just not, they're not sound in their mind or they're unsound? How many of you, that's not a good thing? So how many of you would believe that praying for and believing for a soundness in our spirit, soul, and body would be a good thing? Amen? How many of you would sign up for that, right? So we'll talk about that. Now, another thing. I've always said, when I talk about these three areas, I always say body, soul, and spirit. It just seems to become natural to me just to say body, soul, and spirit. So when the Holy Spirit was talking to me about doing this message, you know, uh, on complete healing, you know, I was thinking it'll be body, soul, and spirit, but when I looked up the scriptures in about eight different versions, it was never in that order. It was spirit, soul, and body. Not body, soul, and spirit, as I say, you know, but it's spirit, soul, and body. So I was just going like, there must be a reason, right? And because there is a reason, by the way, and the reason is this. We are spiritual beings with a soul living in a body. All right, let me just say that again. So the apostle Paul had this right. The order was right. He didn't say body, soul, and spirit. He said spirit, soul, and body. And I thought, you know, you go through the scripture uh, if I find eight different versions, one of them is going to flip it. Like, for instance, up here, uh, a future and a hope. Um, a, a, uh, in other versions, it'll say a, a hope and a future. You know, like flip it like that. So, but no, not one single version. New Living Translation, uh, NIV, NLT, Amplified Version. It was all the same. Spirit, soul, and body, which goes like, uh-oh, there's an order here and there must be a reason why. And I just said it. There is a reason, and it's because we're spiritual beings with a soul living in a body. So, listen to this this morning. Our body is not foremost, our spirit is. Our body is not foremost, our spirit is. So, follow this. If your spirit is sick, your soul will be sick. And if your soul is sick, your body is eventually going to be sick as well. So, it all has to line up this way. We take care of the spirit followed by the soul, and then followed by the body. Can I get away? And they fall in. That's God's order right there. So now let me just give you a little definition here this morning. Just as God is triune, now how many of the God is triune, right? God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. Or as we would say it this way, you know, uh, 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 God the Father, well, we, we call it, you know, uh, uh, I, know I was trying to say it in a different way, but... Huh? Yes, yeah, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just like that. Thank you, Danny. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, they're, they're all three. They have different distinctions, and yet they're still one. They're intermingled. In other words, they're not just setting up camps, and there's no walls in between them. The same way that God is triune, we are triune, and we're spirit, soul, and body. So 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of that right there, they're three in one. But our, God made us as triune people as well, spirit, soul, and body. Say it with me this morning, spirit, soul, and body. All right, now I'm gonna, I've got to shift my thinking. So for about most of my life, I've said body, soul, and spirit. I think it's okay with God if I get it mixed up. They're so inter, but the priority is spirit, soul, and body. So now, let's take a look at it this way, these three parts. Number one, spirit. Say with me this morning, spirit. Now, spirit is that part that interacts and communicates with God. The spirit, the spirit man. There's a part of you that's the part of us that interacts and communicates with God. How many of you know that God wants to interact and communicate with you today? Amen? The Word of God says, my sheep hear my voice. How many of you know that we can hear the voice of God today? That God wants to have interaction and communication with us on a daily basis. He created us for fellowship. How many of you believe that that's true? Amen? Now, you know, here's the difference. Sometimes there's people that say they want solitude, but solitude is different than isolation. And if you're isolating, you're going to be in an unhealthy place. God doesn't want you to be living in isolation. He wants you to be living in fellowship. So God wants to have interaction and communication with you. And that's why we are spirit beings. In other words, we have a body that desires food. We have a soul that desires knowledge, but we have a spirit that desires God. And you'll run into lots of people today, and I talk to them because they're empty out there. Have you ever seen so many empty people in the world? I mean, they're empty without God. They're going like, okay, I've got plenty of food. I've got plenty of knowledge, but I don't, there's something missing. I, I go, have you filled the God gap yet? You haven't filled the God gap. I was talking to a young man yesterday. I went out to get a haircut yesterday at a real expensive place, Supercuts, and uh, next to Target. And there was a young man there, and he was a senior in high school because we were sitting down, and he was going to follow me, you know, the haircut. I thought he was before me, but he was after me. And so we struck up a quick conversation. He's a senior in high school, and, uh, and he comes from a Jewish upbringing. And, um, and uh, so his, he, his father, who was, you know, full-on Jew, married his mother, who was full-on Catholic, and they got together and they got married and raised him in a Jewish setting. So his mom kind of left Catholicism behind and then became a Jew. And then I said, asking him to grow up, I said, well, tell me, do you go to church anymore? I'd be going to synagogue. And he says, well, I've gone to synagogue all my life, but not anymore. I'm thinking of just kind of, uh, I don't know, even know how I feel about it anymore. I don't know how I feel about God anymore. You know, I, I, he says, I think there's something bigger than us out there, but I don't know how I feel. And th- then we talked, and I said, here's a, here's a situation. You, 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 in your relationship with God, you didn't, get a, you didn't get a relationship. You got religion. That's all you got was dead, cold religion. And you got your, your uh, uh, what, what you'd call your um, traditions. So... I said, now, most Jews don't believe that Messiah has come, but I want to let you know that Messiah has come and his name is Jesus, and and Jesus is alive today, and you can have a relationship with God because even in his own, you know, very nice kid, uh, in his nice, uh, uh, we we're, were talking, you know, and he... But I could tell you he dealt, with, uh, he dealt with certain things in his life that were really weighing him down. I mean, I got this all in 10 minutes, right? 
10 minutes of talking, and he was talking about what he gets, what's weighing him down in terms of depression, in terms of anxiety, things like this. And at my heart just went out to him, and I said, man, you got everything, but the thing that you needed the most is just a relationship with God. And I just tried to start with God, with a Jew. I'll just say, my God is the same God as yours, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The only thing is, a lot of Jews will say, Messiah hasn't come when indeed he has come. In other words, Jesus is our Messiah, and he has come. Can I get a witness, amen? And so I began to share. And what I was trying to say is, you've got a gap. You've got plenty of food for the body, knowledge for the soul, but you're missing the God gap, which can only be filled by Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Are we, are we together on that? Amen. So that's because we're spiritual beings. We need the Spirit. No matter what station we're at in life, we need the Spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. And then at the end of my haircut, I... Uh, um, uh, he was having, oh, he's getting his hair cut because he's having prom next week. And so, uh, and he was getting ready to go to prom. And, and so then I, uh, I paid for his haircut at the end, but I didn't tell him. I just paid for it because somebody did that for me once when I was a kid. I was getting married in the, and uh, the, the, the few days before my wedding, I remember the barber that was cutting my hair. They heard that I was getting married. And uh, she goes, this, this uh, cut, you, you don't, you're not paying for this cut today. You're getting married this weekend. And so this is our gift to you, you know what I'm saying? So I just want him along with my witness to know too. And then I wrote down, I said, hey, look at John 3, 16. Most, that's the most um, uh, famous verse in the Bible. Look up John 3, 16. And then he got it out with his phone and everything. For God, his God, so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die. And whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. I said, now, I said, today I'll only meet you for 15 minutes, but this is kind of God's break-in. If God had a commercial, he's given you a commercial today that he loves you. His name was, I better not say it now, it might get out there, but his name was Adam. But anyway, um, <laughs> which is a good way to start. I said, man, Adam, y'all got it going on already, you know what I'm saying? But um, he'll make, an, he'll make an, a new Adam out of an old Adam. Can I get a witness, amen? All right. What I'm trying to say is here, we need God and we need his spirit in our life. And um, are you hearing me too loud this morning or are you about right? Okay, just a little bit less than the monitors then here. I'm just getting a little bit, but I like the pocket there. But All right, now, uh, so spiritual healing is the greatest healing of all because it affects every other area of your life, especially your soul and your body. And the, and the story in the Bible that I'll share with you, so many stories illustrate this, but let me share one with you this morning that illustrates this as best. And it's the story of Zacchaeus. And, and Zacchaeus was that uh, guy that Jesus bumped into when he was in, in Jericho. We used to sing a song about Zacchaeus, that he was a wee little man, a wee little man was he and all of that, climbed up in a sycamore tree. Do any of you guys remember that at all? <sighs> man, y'all... Some of you missed out on the best stuff in life. You know, these little ditty songs that we sang. But anyway, but you've got one up on me. You're way younger than me. So I'm, I'm with you, okay? Now, Zacchaeus. Say with me this morning, Zacchaeus. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10, very quickly. <clears throat> Y'all with me this morning, everyone? You tracking? Yes. Amen. So Luke 19, verse 1 through 10, is a story of Zacchaeus. So just 10 short verses. We'll, we'll unpack it real quickly here this morning. Jesus entered Jericho, and he was passing through. He's on his way through Jericho, just passing through. 
But the crowds had heard about Jesus. They heard about the healing of Lazarus. They heard about these miracles that had taken place. So everywhere he was going, his fame was beginning to build all throughout the area. One day when you go to Israel and go to that area around Israel, you'll see how, you know, we look at Israel, but it's, 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 it's small enough that the word's going to get around everywhere you go. And the word was getting around about Jesus. So everywhere he went, people were thronging to see him. They'd heard about the miracles. So a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Say with me this morning, Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. And the reason why he was wealthy is because all of the tax collectors at that time got a piece of the action. They would take away, they'd get the taxes from the people, but they would divide part of it among themselves. And, 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 and they were taking advantage of the people, and they were hated in the community, but there was nothing you could do about it. Today, we would call that the IRS. But anyway, (laughs) I'm not going to say anything more than that because I'll have some agents knocking on my door, okay? Uh, You know, pay to Caesar, render to Caesar. What is Caesar's, okay? All right, I'm not going there, all right? But um, he was very rich. He was a tax collector, but he's also despised in that area. But he was a chief tax collector. So he had tax collectors under him as well, But So in other words, this was a prominent man. But he wanted to see who Jesus was because he was short, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd because he was short. Now I'm going to be, he wanted to see Jesus. Say with me this morning, he wanted to see Jesus, but he was short and he couldn't see over the crowd. So um, I'm not going to take a lot of time with short jokes here this morning uh, since my wife is in the front row right now. And... uh, that was bad, wasn't it, huh? But she's used to it. Barbara, how tall are you? You're five foot tall, five foot one inch tall. By faith, you've got the one inch. And, and, and so five foot one. And so over the years when we've gone to uh, like amusement parks, if we've ever gone to Disneyland, which after this week, I don't know if I want to go to Disneyland much anymore. There's kooky people over there. Can't even see, say ladies and gentlemen anymore. They forgot that God created male and female. Male and female, he created them. And so it's another message, but anyway, don't get me started. Um, God had an order in, in humankind. It's not, it's not being recognized by Disney right now. But when we've been to Disneyland, that's not the point that I'm talking about this morning. When we've gone to Disneyland, we'd gather like for the fireworks show at the end of the day and try to get into a position in that Main Street area and down by the castle where you could see the fireworks. So then the crowds would be gathering and everything and they'd be all there. And so then we'd get into a crowd space because when Barb is in a crowd, she only sees the back of the person in front of her. She doesn't see their head. She sees their back. She said, I wish you could just be me and see what I see because all I see is the back of people, you know? So we try to find a little pocket to where, okay, now we've got clear sight. We're going to be able to see everything. And then in the last five minutes, usually another group comes in with somebody way taller than stands right in front of us. Have you ever had that happen before? And so how many of you love it when you're sitting at a concert or an event and then some seven-foot-tall person comes in and sits right in front of you? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, what I did was, uh, so, so they're all gathered in there, and then what I did was I just put Barb up on my shoulders, and then she could just see everyone. No, I didn't really do that, everyone, not really. But that would be funny, wouldn't it, huh? <laughs> Remember how you did that with your kids? Anyway, if I put Barb up on my shoulders, I'd have to 
call an ambulance, I think. I don't know. <laughs> but she is really light, but I, I, I better keep preaching while I'm still ahead. Can I get a witness? Amen. Now watch. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, but he was short, so he couldn't see over the crowd. Look at verse 4 now. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So he ran ahead, and then he climbs a sycamore tree. A sycamore tree was a uh, kind of a beautiful uh, sprouting tree that had limbs that would grow out, and they were kind of close to the ground. He gets up on one of those. First of all, he ran ahead. At that time, and this is not a major point, but at that time in the East, it was culturally kind of not, culturally as a man, you didn't run. Children ran, but men didn't run, they walked. So he was like running ahead, and culturally in the East, they, that, that was just something, you know, you, you're just a little bit more proper and you walk. But then he also climbed up in a tree, which was also... You know, it was like, well, you didn't do that as a man either. Kids call up, crawl up in trees. So that was a little bit undignified, if you will. But I want to just say this. He wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and he said, man, I'm going to get innovative, and I'm going to get innovative enough to run ahead of the crowd, crawl up in the tree because I know he's going to pass by, and I'll get a chance to see him. How many of you know that if you want to see Jesus, Jesus, is, the word of God says this, seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he's, ye, while he's near. If you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. And that's what was happening with Zacchaeus right there. He said, man, I don't know how I'm going to get near him, but I am. And he, he said, I'll become undignified to do it if I need to do it. And so when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Wow. So it's not that Zacchaeus called out to Jesus. Jesus called out to Zacchaeus. And he says, come on down. I'm going to go to your house today. Now here's what I want you to see this morning. Just as Jesus picked Zacchaeus out of a crowd, Jesus will pick you out of a crowd as well. You might feel like you're in the midst of a crowd. You might feel like I'm unidentifi unidentifiable or even a little bit invisible or I just kind of melt into the crowd. But I'm just saying this. When Jesus looks at a crowd, he also sees you individually. And just as he picked Zacchaeus out, he saw his spiritual need. We're talking about spirit now. And he said, Zacchaeus, today... We're going, I'm, going, I'm going to your house for, for lunch. We're going to get together today. And this, by the way, is the only time in Scripture that we have Jesus inviting himself into anyone's house. This one, he invited himself into, into, into Zacchaeus' house, and he came over. This is the only thing. And watch this. Just as Jesus, wants to just as Jesus wanted to have fellowship with, ja with, with, with uh, Zacchaeus, Jesus wants to have fellowship with you today. Do you believe that, amen? I mean, Jesus wants to have fellowship with you. I said this before, but I'll say it again. We're not meant to live in isolation. God wants us to live in fellowship. Can I get a witness? Amen. So when you leave church today, God wants to have fellowship. This isn't the only place that we can have fellowship with the Lord. God wants to have fellowship today with you. When you go to In-N-Out Hamburger today, Jesus wants to go to In-N-Out Hamburger with you today. Oh, you of little faith. He wants to be, how many know that the word, that God's in the car with you? I mean, he's going to go wherever you're going. If you want to go to Sonic Burger today, it's not open. You can't go there today. 
It's not open yet out at Delta Shores, but it will be, and we'll, I'm going to have some hamburgers and some tater tots just like you. But if you decide to go today, I'm going to go to McDonald's today or in and out God will be with you there too because you're going to need God if you go to McDonald's. Can I get a witness? Amen. What I'm trying to say is he wants to have fellowship with you, all right? Now, so he came. Now, what happened? So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So Zacchaeus gets called out by Jesus. He comes down and he welcomes him gladly. I'll tell you what, when Jesus comes to you into your life, always welcome him gladly and see what happens. And then all of the people saw this and they began to mutter. How many of the people always mutter when, when you're going to go, you know, they mutter about this and mutter about that. He says, he's gone off to be a guest of a sinner. Think of it, he's a guest of a sinner. But here's what I want you to put down in your notes. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Can I get a witness here this morning? He's a friend of sinners. And, and, and so aren't you glad that he's a friend of yours? Because we were all sinners the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We were all sinners in need of a Savior. How many believe that you're all sinners? Amen. Oh, man, you, you give me a better, more truthful answer than that. I was a sinner. Say it with me, man. Can I give it to say amen? But he saved me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, and, and by the way... Zacchaeus could have been religious. He could have had, he had lots of wealth. He had all of those kinds of things, and yet he still needed a Savior. You know what? Sometimes when you're wealthy, you depend on your wealth more than you do on Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why it's hard for a rich man to get into heaven because you depend on, you know, earthly supply instead of heavenly supply. Now, he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and they said, he's gone to be, a, he's a friend of sinners. But watch this. Now, let me just give you an aside here this morning uh, in Luke chapter 5, and I'll just let it come up on the screen. But Jesus got accused of being a friend of sinners. So the, it, the Bible says this, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, the people around there, around, they complained to his disciples and they say, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you eat and drink with them? And Jesus answered them, they said, is it not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick need a doctor? He says, I've not come to call the righteous, but I've called to come to call sinners to repentance. So I'm glad this morning, everybody, that just as Jesus wanted to spend time with Zacchaeus, he wants to spend time with you, and he wants to spend time with me. Can I get a witness? Amen. So here's the takeaway on that. If Jesus was a friend of sinners, we need to be friends of sinners. Say it with me this morning. If Jesus was a friend of sinners, I need to be a friend of sinners. By the way, it's not, in other words, we, in our economy of friends, make sure that you've got a lot of righteous friends, but, maybe, but be sure you've got some unrighteous friends, not so that you can be unrighteous like them, but so that you can influence them for Jesus Christ. Amen? That you can be a light to them because they need what you've got. Can I get a witness? Amen? Amen. Now, back to the story of Zacchaeus. We'll go right back. Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anything out of anything, I'm going to pay them four times back the amount. So Jesus comes to his house and he says, Zacchaeus has stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now. Say it with me right now. Here and now. 
I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'm going to pay them four times back. So he says this, I'm already going to give half of everything that I own away. That leaves him with 50%. He must have had a lot of money. But then he said, all of the people that I've cheated, I'm going to pay them back four times. Just think when uh, Zacchaeus' life was transformed, all of the changes took place. His life was changed, but right away, other lives were changed too because people had been ripped off, had their money taken away by corrupt tax collectors. Now they had it returned. It just, his transformation was a blessing to many other people as well. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So Jesus, when he said this, he said, today salvation is coming to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And he said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Say it with me this morning. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Hallelujah. He says, now this was Jesus' primary purpose. And sometimes we take Luke 19.10 and we make it we, a standalone verse and that's fine. But this is connected to Jesus and Zacchaeus. He says, Jesus has come to seek and save those who are lost. Hey, I want to ask you this morning. How many glad that God sought you out and that God found you and that he saved you? And even though you were lost, you are now found in the name of Jesus. If you are, give the Lord God a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Now, now he said this. I want you to notice this too. Zacchaeus stands up when the Lord's there. He says, here and now I give half my possessions away from the Lord. Uh, and, and he says, my life's changed, and I'm going to do something about it here and now. Say it with me this here. Say it with me, here and now. You know what? There are a lot of believers in the church today that are not here and now believers. They're there and then believers. Like I'll get to it sometime. I got converted, but I'll let it take years and years for me to have my life change. Zacchaeus had immediate change. It wasn't down the road, there and then. It's right here and now. I've got a change in my life. And I've seen people get saved, but all they do is check in on Sunday, go to church on Sunday, hear a sermon. They live for the Lord for an hour and a half on Sunday, but they live like the devil on Monday through Saturday. Come on, you self-righteous people. Give me an amen. Don't look at me so piously or not me, Pastor. I wouldn't do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, all I'm saying is they come into church on Sunday, but then they play a game and negotiate, and I'll tell you what, and eventually the devil wears them down so much that he steals and kills and destroys because they waited until later to grow, but, but Zacchaeus said, here and now I'm going to change. Hearing what I'm saying. Not there and then, but here and now. And I want to encourage you, everyone here this morning, just I want to encourage you with love to say, man, I'm going to be a here and now believer, not a there and then. I'm not going to put off till tomorrow what God wants to do today. Can I get a witness here today? In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. So he said, today has come to this house and it changed me right now. So that's the spirit. And so here's what I want you to see this morning. Notice that Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus didn't need emotional or physical healing, but he needed spiritual healing. 
So he, he didn't need the, the soul thing, he, the mind, will, and emotion. What he needed was a spiritual healing, and the Lord saved him that day, and his spirit was healed. Salvation is the greatest gift of all because it's the healing or transformation of the spirit. Hallelujah. How many of you have been saved in your life and born again? Aren't you glad? Amen. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. God begins a good work in you, and he's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. But it's all a matter of the healing of our spirit, and God says this, I've begun a good work in you, and I'm going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's that, that spiritual connection that we've got with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you this morning. Do you have a spiritual connection? I mean, I just pray that you do. Have a spiritual connection because you're a spiritual person. And I mean, this applies to everything that we do and the roads that we take today, the places that we go. Hallelujah. The people that we interact with, we're all led by the Spirit. If we're filled with the Spirit, let us be led by the Spirit as well. But having a spiritual connection with God. And that doesn't mean to be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. I'm telling you what, so many people are so earthly good, they're not spiritually minded. In other words, they're on the wrong side of the cone. I'd rather have you be more spiritual than less of spiritual. But in everything that you do, praise God, driving into a parking lot today, somebody took your parking spot. Instead of cursing them or something like that, or you wouldn't curse them, but anyway, like getting upset about it, say, thank you, Lord Jesus. They needed that spot, and I needed the exercise to walk a few more miles. Can I get a witness? Amen. In other words, and then to be spiritually perceptive about people that you might run into in line, even people that have needs. Sometimes people have needs, and you're rich, you've got money, and you can say, man, I could pick that up for them. I could just pay that bill for them. I could take care of that. If God leads you to do it, then just do that. Hallelujah. Or, or anything that you do, just say, man, today I want to be spiritual. And by the way, you don't have to drive through every red light to get where you're going. Just slow down. Stop. You know, I see these people like this morning on my way to church, there's this car that was doing like about whatever miles per hour, like it was a Mercedes-Benz swinging in and out of traffic, just like that, and I go like, good grief, look at that guy. He's going to save maybe a minute. And then in one minute, I drove up to him, and he's right at a stop sign. And I'm going like, there you go. I'm just talking about let the fray clear in your life and say, God, help me not to be so worked up about everything. Just help me to relax a little bit and just be in sync with you, Lord God, and then let the fray clear out of the intersection and get home safe. I don't know where this is in the Bible, but it's somewhere, all right? I'm just saying just I'm talking. All right, now I'll get back to the Word. Now, so... Your spirit. Now, your soul is your mind, will, and emotion. Say it with me this morning mind, will, and emotion. So, our soul is that mind. Now, watch this, everyone. Anxiety, have you noticed this? Anxiety seems to be the order of the day. In fact, anxiety has been on the increase since COVID began. We've been in this whole thing of COVID now, and it's thank God it's going away. But we're, we've been there for two years, hard time in COVID. Now in 2022, thank God, we're walking out from under the cloud of COVID into a new day and into a new future, new hope and all of that. And you'd think that with all of that, all of our anxieties would disappear, but the opposite seems to be true. We, because we are living in a world that has changed in so many ways since COVID began. Have you noticed that the world has changed? So we're living now with this new world that causes some more anxiety to come up. So in other words, 
COVID's gone, but if that weren't enough, we are now dealing with what? Economic changes, moral changes, and a war being raged in Ukraine, and then this morning even on our doorsteps, violence right here in our city. We have all of these things, and they create this, this big mix of, of emotions and things that we don't get, and it causes anxiety and all these things. I'm talking even economic change. My goodness, I've never seen gas so high in my life. I mean, in California, $7 gas. Are you kidding me? And then $6 gas and all of that, and it takes away like, wow. And then all the prices of things going up. You go out to eat nowadays, it's like, I'm not even looking at the check. I can't believe how much that just cost me. Or I went to, the other day I went to Costco, and I went to Costco, and I went to get, um, I had to go, I had to get a bale of tissue, Charmin. <laughs> and, um, and the reason why is because during the pandemic, I became, I, 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 I developed a phobia of running out of toilet paper. <laughs> because I, it was in the shelves before, but now the shelves were bare for, I remember those days, couldn't find it, and then you had to like, only one, you get one. Well, it, it was like, I don't want to be ever found with, uh, short on toilet paper. <laughs> and, <laughs> but anyway, so, so I already had two bales in my house, but I'm going to get two more because I, I, in, in 2021, I had enough to go for the whole year. Ask me how I know I counted, you know. It's like, and then I asked the kids, no, don't come right now. We just need a little bit more time or whatever, no. <laughs> Because they use that, they're users, you know. But anyway, um, but <laughs> oh man, aren't you glad I'm retiring? I'm just uh, I'm going to miss you too, and I'm going to be right here, right on the front. Um, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get invited back to speak, but I'm going to be here. No, so I was going to pick up a bale of Charmin, the blue stuff, the soft stuff, you know, not the red one. I don't need extra strength. I just don't need it. <laughs> Too much information, but, you know, so, but I do like Charmin. And one thing I learned during the pandemic was why buy quality. Don't buy that other stuff if you can't help it. You know, it's not as good as the name brand stuff, but anyway. So then I buy it, and then I actually bought two bales Man, that was not, you know, like, what do you need that? Anyway, but never mind, I'm putting it in a stockpile. And uh, anyway, uh, so then I get home and look at my receipt because it's like the money right now, you just go like, it's almost becoming meaningless because you're paying for stuff and you're like, you don't even want to know what it's going to cost you. So I just bought that. Then I got home and I looked at the deal and it was for that one bale of charm was like twenty four eighty eight for the bale. And then I bought two of them, so that's $50 for toilet paper. I mean, what kind of a world are we living in? Can I get a witness, amen? So anyway, I was saying to Barbara, I said, I can't even believe this right now. All of these things, economic changes, moral changes, the war in Ukraine, violence right here in Sacramento now, it, it starts to overwhelm you. So what do you do when your soul, in other words, your 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 mind, your will, and your emotions are overwhelmed with anxiety, let me just give you what you do. Uh, and it's point A in your notes. Cast all of your care and all of your anxiety on the Lord because he cares for you. Say it with me this morning. Cast all your care, cast all of your anxiety on the Lord 
because he cares for you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God cares for you? Then the Bible says this, you will keep him in perfect peace. Those who have their minds fixed on you, I'll I'll turn that into King James, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you because he trusts in you. God says this, I don't want you to be living in anxiety, but I want you to be living in peace. The Bible says this, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to, to the Lord. I wanted to say this morning, it is so important to be a person of prayer, especially in the world that we live in. Can I get a witness? A person of prayer. Because if you don't, watch this, if you don't take time to pray, you're going to become prey for the enemy. P-R-E-Y. If you don't take time to pray, you're going to become prey for the enemy. And I run into people who are running into trouble in their lives, running into trouble where the devil has just torn them down, they're blowing up their own lives, and I'll say this, are you taking time to pray? They haven't been praying haven't been taking time in the Word of God, haven't taking time going to church or anything like that, but then they wonder why the enemy has an advantage over them because if you stop praying, you'll become prey for the enemy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. So uh, another version puts it this way, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. If you'll do this, the peace of God that passes all understanding will rule in your hearts and your what? And your minds, we're talking about our mind right now, our, 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 our will and our emotion right now, that soul part of us. By the way, you're a soul man. Can I get a witness, amen? Amen. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. That's right. You are soul, spirit, soul, and body. And so, you know, I just sang because I don't care. If you, if you, I hope you like it. All right. All right. Now, almost done. I do care, but you know what I'm saying. I'm, I've been delivered from public opinion. Um, here, uh, so in other words the peace of God that transcends all your understanding will, will rule in your hearts and your minds now so don't cast all your anxiety on the Lord that was the first thing and the last thing is renew your mind and renew your mind say with me this morning renew your mind we're talking about the soul now your mind will and emotions how does healing come to it renew your mind do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the what renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will in other words let your mind be renewed the uh, King James I believe it says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that's the word metamorphosis or metamorpha that has to do like a, the, the, the little uh, uh, worm that turns into a, 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 a caterpillar and then a butterfly, that transformation. We have transformation that takes place in our lives by the power of God. Don't be conformed to this world. But let me just say this. Unless your soul is being informed by the word of God, you're going to be conformed to this world. Or let me put it this way, without your, soul being wi- without your soul being informed by the word of God, you are going to be conformed to this world. Without the word of God and prayer, you need all of that. Lots of times we come in on Sunday morning, we check the box, been there, done that, but then we go right back and we're getting barraged by the devil on so many fronts. I'm talking about 
on television, in video games, pornography and all of that stuff. We fill our minds with these things. Then we wonder why we're living in such drudgery and why the devil's got an upper hand on us because we're putting the wrong things into our souls and our bodies. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A lot of this stuff on TV, streaming services and stuff, you should not be watching at all. I don't want to watch demonic programs because I, I've got enough handling the demons in my own life without having them come and rent some more space. And then we actually pay for it by giving, oh, hey, that demonic stuff, yeah, it's a, it's a monthly fee. I'm going to just pay that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It has to do with our soul. And so he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. In other words, there needs to be transformation going on. Even everyone, hey, even video games right now can be so violent. And then we wonder why there's violence breaking out in the land. When we teach our children, our teacher, our, our kids eat violence just in the video games they're playing, you know, uh, on, on whatever. And someone's saying, Pastor Perry, Pastor Perry's getting against my Nintendo this morning or my Switch or my... Xbox or my PS4 or PS5, whatever it might be. No, I'm not picking on your video game, but I'm picking on what's on your video game because it gets down into your spirit. And, and you, we wonder why we see violence because violence is so prevalent in movies and films and everything I'm talking about, and then it becomes prevalent in our actions that we do as well. So we have to have healing for the soul, our mind, will, and emotions in the name of Jesus. Okay, last thing this morning, and I get you going here is our body. So we talk about our spirit, we talk about our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, but now we're gonna talk about that third part, the body. You, you, your body is your physical being, including your five senses, all right? So just know this about your body, everybody. Hey, you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah, you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. And God says this, your body is actually the temple of my Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was a temple built by hands, but now it's the temple of God, your body. In fact, Paul says this, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom, you've, whom, uh, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You've been bought with a price, and the price was the blood of Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, watch that, talking spirit, soul, and body. Glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's, hallelujah. So God wants us to be with our body. Our body is the temple of the Lord, and he wants our bodies to be healthy. Do you believe that, amen? And we were talking about it in, in the Revised Standard Version. It says, I would that you would be sound in your body, healthy in your body. And here's what I want you to see this morning. If you're not living at ease or without difficult in your body, then you're living with disease because disease is the, op is the opposite of ease. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The opposite of ease is disease. So God says this, I want you to live away so that you can be free from, that you can be living at ease instead of, in, in disease, instead of disease. So being, living, uh, living at ease means living without difficulty. Living with disease means you're living with difficulty. Are you, are you following me here? If you're at ease, you're going to be living without difficulty. If you're living with disease, then you live with difficulty. How many you know that what I'm saying is true? Anytime, man, how, look at me right now. How many of you had a day where you felt really good? Man, I feel really good today. How many, don't you love those days? 
And like, why can't we just bottle up this day? And why can't I live this kind of day every day instead of the days you're living in pain or whatever? But you, I just feel really good today. That's where God wants you to be living. But when you're living in disease, then you're living life with more difficulty. You're hearing what I'm saying? But here's the good news this morning Jesus has the power to heal your physical body of any kind of disease and any kind of illness. Hallelujah. Jesus has that kind of power. In fact, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Say with me, every kind of sickness, every kind of disease, Jesus can heal. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. I got to laugh sometimes when I hear 30-something saying, my body's in pain today, you know. I said, you've got so much to look forward to. Just add a couple of more decades to it. You know, when I used to hear people talk about their bodies at 50 and 60, I only listened, you know, but man, I know what they're talking about is true, you know. I jumped down from the stage. I used to do this all the time. You know, a few Sundays ago, somebody wanted to talk to me, so I just jumped down from here. I tell you what, there was not my, I, I almost injured myself. <laughs> There was no spring in my step. I was going, oh, man, my body was talking right back to me. It had gone rigid, you know what I mean? It was like no bounce, you know, and I go like, uh-oh, okay, note to self. <laughs> but Jesus can heal any part of what you're going through. Now, the Bible says this, news about Christ spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever sickness or disease they had, or if they were demon-possessed, or had epilepsy, or they were paralyzed, he healed them all. In other words, they could have had a demon, they could have had a brain problem, neurological problem, but he healed them all. That's what I want you to see this morning. Whatever their sickness was, he healed them all. Say with me this morning, whatever their sickness was, he healed them all. So we've talked this morning, everybody, about the spirit, the order here, the spirit, the soul, mind, will, and emotion, and the body, our physical body, our five senses. But God wants us to have healing in every area of our life, these three facets, this triune nature that we have, spirit, soul, and body. God wants us to be sound in every one of those areas. And if you receive the word of the Lord this morning, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? I mean, he wants to be sound. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.